and welcome to another episode of From the Lower Level. I'm your host, Moshi. And I'm Patrizio Moshi. If being honest is a crime, then lock me up and throw away the key. You said that your tagline this week was going to be like iconic and stuff. And I'm like, I can like for the listeners, Patrizio is literally cracking himself up. That is like a shit tagline. Okay. No. So the thing with this one, so this is season 16 Cheshire Lauren, right? It's the way that she says it, first of all, because she's got her, like, accent. Yes, and that's what you're missing. Well, okay, well, sorry. I'm too nervous to, like, misappropriate an accent. Give, give it a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. Oh, oh, give it a go. Because she's like. She never, she, her mouth never fully closes. That's the key <laughs> to Lauren's accent. <laughs> no, I'm too you nervous. Know to you know what it is? She'll be like, hello. Well, I think that's also the, the the work that she's had done. Like, <laughs> it doesn't she's allow physically able to close her mouth. Imagine having so much work done. I think um, Joan Rivers tells that joke actually, where she's like, she, um, she'd be one of those girls. Lauren's one of those girls that's like always with her tongue out. She's like, huh. like <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is like the you just did a great Lauren impression. <laughs> she had to be like. If being honest is that kind, then locking up and throw away that key. No, that wasn't right. I mean, it was it was like if Lauren was Aussie, that is how she would sound. Um, it's just to me, like this one tagline week after week of watching Cheshire, that like every time it comes up on the screen, I just like lose my mind every time. I don't know what it is about this tagline. Cause I think it's like it's funny. It's it's cliche as well, but it's just like every time she says it, I'm just I'm brought back to the to the giggles. The giggles. Well, hopefully it's a giggly podcast. This week you're gonna give us word on the street. We're talking episode six of Ultimate Girls Trip, where I think this is like the second last day. So we've probably only got like one more episode left. And then we're gonna talk about your girls from New Jersey. Just as you're taking a sip of your water. Um, but kick us off, Patty. What 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 what's the word in the temple or the word on the street this week? Well, I feel like word on the street is the rumor, but the word at the temple, you know, is that's real. hundred percent fact. Like the word at the temple, Jesus. Now I'm like, which one? Okay, so word on the word at the temple. <laughs> yeah. Real Housewives of Johannesburg is coming back to our screens for season three in May. This is like the premier like African housewife franchise. It was the one that kicked it off. The one that walked so the others could run. A hundred percent. It's funny. I was in a group chat and I think Cape Town has surpassed it as people's favorites. But you're right, Cape Town is only able to be so good because of Joburg. I think that the problem with Joburg has just been the fact that, like, even between, like, season one and season two, there was a bit of, like, a time delay. And then, obviously, like, season three was being filmed and then there was an altercation between Crystal and Brunette, um, which shut down production because I think they were basically, like, this has become, like, way too, like toxic to be able to continue but obviously like with i mean there are so many new franchises coming out of africa so i feel like Joburg is like trying to hop back onto the train um i mean in south africa alone like i think we're at like 
potentially like five cities. There's five just out of South Africa, but I think there was Real Housewives of Abuja just came out as well. Where's Abuja in Africa? I don't even know. I want to say it's... This is not good. Kenya or Nigeria. Like it's like... Well, yeah, we've had Lagos, so maybe it's like the other parts. Let's find out so we know. Um, But it's basically a revamped cast again. They've kept Latabo and they've kept Lebo um, as the only two returning housewives. It's so lovely to hear you just say these South African names. I love it. Um, Although I think like, you know what the thing is? They always have like multiple names as well. Like Latabo is never actually Latabo. She's always like something else. No, no, no. Like Latabo would be her first. Oh, you mean like sometimes they have like an Anglo name, but they never use it. Not even. Who was it? I think it was on. Um, like Lebo, for instance, her name isn't Lebo. Like Lebo is short for something, whereas Latabo is a full name. It was one of them on on um, Cape Town, and she was referring herself to like as like Mrs. Something. And then yes, like, but th- that's where they want you to use their nickname and not their real. Well, like, it, it can be very confusing when they keep swapping oh, personalities. Calm down. You can handle it. Um, I, I'm super excited for Joe Berg because I just think that it will be good TV. Of course. The aunties Let, are on it. Latabo, like she, she was good TV. I might do a rewatch. Then that's the thing. If you are rewatching, or if you've never watched it before, like you can literally watch season one and season two, and they are two different shows. Two different shows. Um, for anybody outside of, I guess, the US who listens to us, you can stream them on Hey You. In the US, I'm not too sure, but um, they stream out of a streamer called Showmax, which is out of Africa, but is available without VPNs and things like that from memory. So I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, word at the temple, um, Erica Jane has announced her Vegas residency today, I think, this morning. Much. When I saw that announcement, what was your first reaction? So it had been rumoured for a while now that she was going to get a Vegas residency, and I'm just like, who's going to watch? So many people. And the fact that she's waited to announce it after BravoCon, because her show will be on, it starts before BravoCon, but it'll be on during the time of BravoCon as well. Oh, you've been looking at the dates. Like, I didn't have to, like, look very hard. We posted them on our Insta story. Oh, uh, the way I took one glance and just kept scrolling. Well, she's doing her residency. It's, like, from August through to... August, September, October. I think it's like August through to November or something like that. But the, it aligns with BravoCon. Will you be going to the residency show? No, only because like. There's real talent in Vegas. <laughs> it's not my vibe. Like it's expensive. to Like I, like to me, the music that she makes is derivative. And as a connoisseur of pop, she's just not up there for me what I mean who is going to see Erica Jane at a Vegas residency for four months so many people so many people and I'm not trying to chide the people who um are going to see her like Erica Jane's not like her music isn't my cup of tea I think the songs are great they're catchy and I'm actually really happy for her because 
I wanted her to like, this is, she's actually incredibly talented, I think. Um, which is a great performer, but, um, you know, there's going to be so many people who love that kind of stuff and they will go and watch the mums and the gays. She's going to give the gays everything that they are wanting. Yeah. And I think it's like a bit of a big deal. Like, I mean, it's at house of blues as well. It's not like just some random rundown location. Like I, this is like the, I, I just hope she can pull it off and you know, know who's going to be happy though. Mikey. Back in business, baby. Well, you know, the current rumor, the word on the street is that oh. Lisa Rinna is going to be her backup dancer. <laughs> I mean, watching you were doing her little moves in her little tracksuits. <laughs> Actually, did you hear the actual rumor about Lisa Rinna and how she's coming to the lower level? No, I haven't heard. Have this. you not heard about this? Okay. So here's. She's joining what- neighbors. <laughs> no, she's not Misha Barton. Uh, <laughs> that is wild. That's a whole other podcast. But um, so there is a new reality TV show that is going to be pro- uh, filmed and produced in Australia, and it's going to be like a hybrid, similar sort of I'm a celebrity thing. But the idea is that it's going to simulate being on Mars and having <laughs> <laughs> like as I'm saying it, it sounds so fake. But um, I think it's, like, going to be called, like, Is There Life on Mars? You know, the <laughs> Ziggy Stardust references. Oh, my God, rest in peace, David Bowie. But, um, no, like, literally, so they, they were looking, obviously, for a place. We have the Red Centre here, the Northern Territory. I have actually been and seen the Red Centre, so it is red. So it's, like, meant to be, like, an I'm a celebrity but simulation of Mars. And she's, I mean, she's desperate. She's tipped to be one of the first people to one of the the first celebrities to be on the show. And apparently it, it'll film like later this year. So they'll probably film in December because they'll need it to be hot, but not the type of hot that kills you. <laughs> okay. Well, breaking news, Lisa Rinna, first woman on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. First housewife on Mars. <laughs> like... <laughs> She's going to be on The Real Housewives of Mars. Imagine, imagine, in Northern Territory. So, yeah, that's wild, though. Maybe she could take a page out of Jen Shah's book and while they're all on Mars together, she can, like, write the script and have them perform <laughs> The Real Housewives of Mars. Look, I wouldn't put it past her. She, does, she, she doesn't say no to a gig, okay? Okay, so um, to move to Potomac now... We have a new housewife that's been, like, I'm going to say it's rumoured. I just, I don't believe that anyone is a new housewife until they're on a page six article or, like, taking taking their past photo. Um, Neneka Ihim? I think just Neka. Like, sometimes when Neka. there's, like, double letters, it's just, an, you just, like, accentuate that first letter. Neka Ihim. But the real word on the street is that Sharice and Jacqueline are not returning for season eight. It's a shame about Jacqueline. I mean, Sharice, Maurice. You know, it's too funny because normally I'd be like, Maurice, Sharice, like, but it's like, no, you have to say Sharice, Maurice. Like, okay, goodbye, Sharice. Sharice. <laughs> um. I mean, look, Jacqueline, the Jacqueline Mia of it all that we will never get to see. 
it's a shame because I just think Jacqueline has what it takes to be a true housewife. Perhaps it's so like this thing of like when your storyline to be like established on the show to begin with is just so dependent on another housewife. It's sort of like how can we, you know, how can we separate her from Mia and like accept her as a housewife in her own right, you know? No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. She didn't, I, I think you're absolutely right, especially now that we're in the dawn of the Jen Fessler, um, primo friend of, I totally get it. I mean, Kathy Hilton walked so Jen Fessler could run. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay, so word on that straight at the moment is, I don't know if you've been following the Caroline Manzo, Brandy Glanville of it all, Moshi. A little bit. So apparently, because I think this was because Brandy was on, um, no, Teresa was on Brandy's podcast. I don't know, Teresa and Brandy were on a podcast together and they were talking about this upcoming season of Ultimate Girls Trip. Mm. And the Caroline Manzo of it all, because obviously Teresa and Brandy have a mutual enemy in yes. Caroline Manzo. That apparently on the day that the altercation happened, Caroline Manzo tried to start shit with Brandy. Brandy ate her up into pieces. And as retaliation, Caroline Manzo has made these accusations against Brandy, which caused her to be exited from the show early. I mean, there's what Brandy says, there's what Caroline says, and then there's the truth. And that all of the women are on Brandy's side, except for um really? what's what's her name? Or? The blonde one from Beverly Hills. <laughs> Not the blonde. The blonde one from Beverly Hills. Really? Camille Grammer. I said Camille. I literally said Hard Camille. In here. I didn't. I just didn't say Camille Grammer. Yeah, Camille is on team Caroline Manzo. Well, if there's one person who has never lied to us on Housewives, it's Camille Grammer, except when she lied about her basically her entire marriage with Kelsey. But I don't think she's <laughs> the lie. Um. I I don't know, like, because then apparently I think like the the what Brandy is also accusing Caroline Manzo of at this stage is that if this um, altercation was so traumatizing to Caroline, how come she keeps doing press about it? Okay, so here's the thing, like one person's trauma, people react to trauma in different ways, and. At the end of the day, like, she's putting food on the table. She's keeping it in people's minds. Like, she's essentially, the, what she's essentially trying to do is take Brandy down, right? I love that. Yeah, no, but it's, it's the truth. Like, that's the way Caroline always works. And Caroline always speaks from a place of authority. So, you know, what she says is always meant to have more validity. And that's that's the thing that's always pissed Teresa of it's not just obviously the Dina stuff but it's it's that thing of Caroline you know always put always makes herself appear better than other people and so when she sort of butted her nose in with the whole Gorga situation 
you know, it's like Mama Caroline. It's like nobody, like your opinion isn't any better than anybody else's. That said, I'm a huge Manzo fan. You know me. I love the whole family, all of them. Well, it is apparently going to drop in September of this year, the next Ultimate Girls trip. So so what's coming up? We've got Atlanta. Atlanta is like May 7th, I want to say. Got that in May. There's, I know you don't watch, but there's like an all black summer house coming and it's on the West Coast. It's like Martha's Vineyard, I think, or something like that. Yes, there's that. Um, OC is apparently trailer. Trailer is dropping the final week of April to be premiering in the start of June. Yeah, I knew it was coming in their summer. That's all I had heard is that it's coming in summer. So by their summer, I mean Northern Hemisphere people. Currently, the higher level. Potomac is filming. Salt Lake City is filming. Dubai is filming. Then what have we got left? New York to be announced. Well, new. Well, we know that they finished filming New York reboot. We've yes, got exactly. Happy Lake. Obviously, New Jersey is currently airing. Okay, so I feel like we're gonna ha- we're gonna have a good. And Miami is filming, I think, at the moment, or yeah. about to start filming. Yeah, we're gonna have like I think a good winter for us, summer for everybody else. Yeah, I think next we're gonna get the OC announcement, and I think New York will be very soon after that as well. Yeah, hundred percent. Looking forward to it. All right, well, Moshi, that was the word on the street, the word at the temple. Temple. Let's talk about the ultimate flop trip, (laughs) season three, episode six. For me, what I love most about this episode is how quickly Pepsi went from sad to horny. It was relatable. (laughs) One minute he is crying because the girls are fighting. The next minute the girls are making a porn star cocktail and he's asking who's going to be in a porno with me. And it was Giselle. Giselle is not who I had on my bingo card as being the person who was going to get freaky with Pepsi. But here we are. I think the unfortunate thing that happened was that the, like, fourth wall was broken and, like, Giselle and Portia were kind of talking about the fact that Pepsi is hired, like, actor. He's not a hired actor. Like he works in his works in the hospitality industry, which I now know after doing a deep dive into his Instagram. Because um, did you see those posts by comments by celebs? No. Ah, uh, okay. So like, Pepsi went to Miami like a couple of months ago. And oh, like, those ones. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And so then I ended up doing like this deep dive, and he's just like he's just a he's not just a. But he's like a bar, like he looks after bartenders. Like he's obviously he manages restaurants and things like that. But he is paid, not he's not a paid actor in their home. He is some like he's paid entertainment, like he's part of the cast. They're all actors in that same sense. But um He's the Lisa Vanderpump of Thailand. That's what I'm hearing of Phuket. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah. Wait till he gets his spin-off, Pepsi's house. And it's like all the young people that work at the restaurant. <laughs> I'm joking. I think Pepsi is great though. We we've had we've had the you know the I was gonna say manservant in each of these 
um, ultimate girl strips. Like it's, it's always explicitly a man. A lot of the time, none of them come from the hospitality industry. The guy that was in um, Bluestone Manor, that was an actual actor. Like that was someone they picked up off the side of the street. Um, you know, they're there to provide some entertainment. Yeah, I don't know. I was just like, why, why, why are we doing this, Giselle and Portia? Why are taking me out of the the fantasy that he is like just there all the time? You know? Did you? But you didn't. You really went in that fantasy that Pepsi lives at that place. Well, he could have, but now I know. <laughs> Can I also just say, um, in the like opening parts of this episode too, I truly thought that we had solved the mystery of where, like, the tequila bottle had gone when Heather was like to Portia, hey, do you want some tequila from the one I stole from Giselle? And I was like, (laughs) oh. And then it was like, oh, I'm just joking. And I was like, because you know what? The gag of it being Heather, like, I just, I wouldn't have been able to take that if that was true. I I think 100% they just threw it out. And that's why, like, Pepsi is so defeated because he's like, shit, I shouldn't have thrown it out. Um, I don't know if you saw on Port, like Portia held uh, or she hosted a finale watch party for a lot of the Bravo bloggers and Instagrammers, and she entered the party with the Class A Azul bottle in it, <laughs> and they had one of the signature cocktails was a Class A Azul cocktail, and I'm like, it's a pretty expensive Reposado cocktail. All right, go off. Um, I just thought that was a bit a bit of a funny tidbit, if you will, from this week because I'm a housewife at the moment, so I don't work. I just watch my Instagram. Um, I actually, I know you you call it a flop girl strip. I really enjoyed this episode, or at least I enjoyed the first half of this episode. I enjoyed the Cockies event. It's Marisol, that's why. Yeah, no, but I thought it, but I thought like, I think like Mama Elsa is like the great peacemaker in that no, like she's so well respected by anyone who is a housewife or has watched Housewives that like if you just do something in her honour, like no one's going to desecrate it too much. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But like, but this is what I mean about like the Marisol effect, right? It's just like, she just, she's a fun time. She's a fun girl from Miami. Yeah. Like she, although like the whole, like honoring her mom through like the menu, but it was actually like nothing that his, her mom would ever have eaten or anything. Like, it was just like the menu was named after her mom. That yeah. was like the. Yeah, but she did say it was like more about the Atmos was like what was giving it. I'm also like, now that I'm starting to see the Cockies merchandise, I'm like, I don't know if I really like it, Marisol. Like I'd expect better from Marisol. Oops. But um, I just think that it was so good to see Marisol in her element as a housewife and not as a friend of. Like she was brilliant. I also really enjoyed the conversation at the sit-down dinner. Like it was confrontational without people screaming at each other and I loved, like, I, you know, I've said this from the beginning, that this ultimate girl strip, particularly, I mean, it's Porsche's, Porsche's girl strip at this point, but it is a masterclass on how to be a housewife. And the, con- the, the way that Leah has gone from poor Leah 
to Leah by, which was really brilliant. But I just want to point out that Marisol now exclusively refers to Leah as poor Leah, like throughout the whole episode. And the fact that Portia has gotten that to like stick is fucking hilarious to me. But that conversation and then Portia says that she wasn't going to let her have that I was there moment. And I was like, tell them tell them about it. Tell us, like, tell us about the inner workings that happen. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with Portia because I just think, I think Leah is completely checked out, but I just, I do think that along the way, Portia has been teaching everyone how to be a housewife. And if you are not taking notes, shame on you. I do feel sorry for Leah though, because she is really unwell. Leah. Leah by. Um yeah, she is obviously like very unwell. Like, I don't know what has happened, but like she needs an IV and she needs the first flight, first class flight, like out of Thailand back to New York City. You know, when you go to Southeast Asia, there's always the one friend who has diarrhea the whole trip. Oh, and like Leah isn't, I don't think like she's the kind of girl that's like never had like tap water before. Like she she was going to be susceptible to, like, everything. Which I I love it, though, because I think that kind of shows that, like, how much privilege Leah comes from. <laughs> you know you're privileged when you get really unwell in Southeast Asia. When the Mormons are fine. Come on. Um. No, it is very interesting. But, like, and I guess the other, like, hard thing is, given that it is, like, a eight-day trip, Leah, like, truly cannot afford to be, like, in bed for any of it. Like, you got to be, like, you know, if you're sick, like, it's like we're with all the COVID now, like, when a housewife is out for, like, seven days or 14 days or whatever it is, like, the show can move on, but it can also, like, you know, be put on hold. There's no opportunity for that. Leah's just got to, like, not be on camera. Yeah, I think the I think the thing that hasn't worked for Leah is that like and and I this is what I loved about that conversation at the Cockies dinner is that you know they were all talking about who you've connected with and they were really open and honest about like which I thought it was a teaching moment for Candace to be honest like you don't have to be friends with people like Leah wasn't expecting um, Portia to tag her, but you know, I thought they were very clever. I'd totally forgotten about the conversation they'd had at the animal, at the elephant park. Um, but they, but they were just sort of saying like, you're being a hypocrite. Like you've said, this is a safe space. You've said you understand social media, all this stuff, but then you're playing into it, which is fine. Portia did whatever she needed to do. But then I thought it was really great that we, I just think Leah took the criticism well, because then um, Whitney was able to come through and sort of be like, look, Leah, I've had a great time with you, but I I think the thing that is not working for you is that you just vocalise everything that is negative. Do you know what it is? Do you know what I mean? And, like, I know in her defence, Leah said it's because her mum is a counsellor or whatever, but the thing is that nothing positive comes out of Leah's mouth and that's the issue. And then when she does do things, I think, like, Giselle and Portia just hate the drama of it all. It's it's an interesting one. The way that I am Leah in that respect, though. 
No, but I look as somebody who I knows you, you would never be like, I'm going to be sick. And then like split, like we wouldn't, you would just slip away from the table and we would not know, or you just vomit on the table. Do you know what I mean? Like, Oh no, I would, I would make a scene. You wouldn't. I know yeah. you wouldn't. I'd ask you to call the ambulance. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. Like, I like I to say that there are been, I have a lot of opinions. I don't have a lot of complaints. They're opinions, Moshi. Okay, so that's different. But Leah just has complaints. And she she was rude. Like, the thing with Alexia was rude. But she she comes across, like, spoiled and entitled. And I think that's that's how she's coming across. I'm not saying it's how she is, but that's how she's definitely coming across. And it just irks. It's irking. The problem is she just got the wrong cast to, to behave that way. Um, but, you know, last week I thought was going to be the week of the spirit of reconciliation. Turns out it was actually this week, Patrizio. Bad weather reconciled in the bad weather. In the rain, they were re-baptized and then proceeded to almost drown and get electrocuted in the pool and Sexy Pepsi had to go and save them. Yeah, but, okay, my only thing is, though, that we know that this reconciliation is short-lived. Correct. What, I, I need to know what happened between then and, well, Jen Shah, I guess. I guess something happened with something happened. It's sad, but, like, I don't know, like, maybe maybe something happens next week. Like, these two, like, who knows? could be anything. So my question to you is, do you think that the spirit of Mama Elsa was what brought the spirit of reconciliation? Because we then see the naked confessional. Like, Heather's whole ass, Heather's whole boob. Heather, like, Heather didn't even realise her tit was hanging out at one point. Like, it was the towel fell and it was just a lot. But you know what? Good for her because, like... What about when she just mooned everyone? Yes, that's what I mean, good for her. Planet Moon. I I mean, I loved it. It was, like... Was amazing. I, I mean... Did that not give you, like, Sonia vibes, like... Real house, like that's the shit that we used to love. They just get drunk, they dance in the rain, and then they're naked together. I mean, yeah, a bunch of crazy old white ladies getting <laughs> drunk. Well, Candace was there. No, but I mean the concept of like Sonia Morgan, like it's the it's the quirky white lady who's middle aged, like losing her clothes and her mind. I just love it. I I, I do think that New York kind of have the. Um, what is it? They they are the most nude housewives. <laughs> it's very European of them. <laughs> yes, that's that's the word. They got European, and so it's, um, it's good to see. I think Salt Lake's coming for the title because Heather's been gotten a boob out in almost every season now. I think that um, it it is the spirit of Mama Elsa. But, like, I think it's just also, like, the Miami of it all. Like, I think that Marisol does this thing where, you know, she's just there for a good time. And this is what this show is meant to be about. It's meant to be getting a bunch of housewives together, getting drunk and doing stupid shit while they've got eight days in some exotic location, 
there's not meant to be any of this like drama and like rehashing of things and like just pointless social media bull crap. It's meant to be pure entertainment. Yeah, pure innocent fun. I did like though that before Giselle brought the drama, she did say to Marisol, I know it's your night, but do you mind if I do this? And the way Marisol just went, do your thing. I was like, this is how it should be. Like no animals, like this is like the perfect kind of interaction, like hate each other but be so honest about it and then get naked together. I loved it. Um, but then, you know, everybody goes to sleep, they wake up and it is temple day. I want to talk about what everybody wore to the temple, Patricio, if that's okay. Because we had to cover up for out of modesty and respect at the temple. Yes. So did you have a favourite outfit? The only outfit I can honestly remember, Porsches. Porsches. Oh, bless Porsche. We were having a little chat about this before, but Porsche showed up. I mean, it was modest, but she, I think, I think it's something that she bought in Dubai. That's the vibe that I got, that it was like a hijabi mosque outfit. And it's like still respectful that I think, you know, but it was like wrong culture. Yeah, she thought she was going to like the Grand Mosque in Abu Dhabi. Like, like but it was I, cute. She was modest. Whereas Heather was giving white yogi. I've joined a cult. Like, do you know what I mean? She's giving wild, wild country with the red, the earth tones. And the covered head, I was like, oh, she's watched one one too many Eat, Pray, Loves. <laughs> Honestly, how do you, like, the way that your mind works, how do you remember these, like, small details? Because, like, she literally was wearing, like, an okra is the only way I can describe it, like, loose jumpsuit. I think I've just seen too many of these women in my life, Patrizio. <laughs> and then she literally had, like, the beige, like, cover like straight from India like I was just like okay I I think like they're used to westerners like you don't have to cover your head if that's like not something you do on a daily basis but you know good for you as a, a form of respect um the other outfit that was interesting it was also also interesting to me to who took this as an opportunity to just wear bathers and a caftan um Candace and <laughs> Marisol like I was like okay that's their modesty like good for them but like everybody thinks modesty and they're like okay Marrakesh or they're like Abu like they're like um Dubai like it's just always interesting or the ashram it's always interesting to see where people get their references for modesty and then there's just like Whitney Rose literally wearing like her blue disco suit, like with the matching bra set underneath, you know, like it's like we know that like you're wearing the shirt, but we know right underneath like you just want to get your boobs out. Like it's brilliant. (laughs) I was more like impressed with Alexia's deep and profound um, thought that, um, you know, how the monks have had to give up AC. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was that was so funny. Those little off the cuff comments are so brilliant. Yeah, that's what the Miami girls are good for. Which you know what we forgot to mention in word on the street. I per favor. 
Sorry, that was racist. Um, but <laughs> that was not good. Sorry, I'm just offended. Every Latinx Spanish speaking person ever. But Marisol and um, Alexia have a new podcast called I Pop For What. I was just trying to do it with the accent, but I fucked up. And I'm very racist. Uh, you were very animated when you said that. <laughs> No, I call it, I, I own my shit. Um, but, yeah, I, they're, they're starting their own podcast, and I'm really excited. It's on iHeart Radio, iHeart Network. But I'm happy for them. Thank you. It'll be better than reasonably to say thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're, they're so funny, those two together. Um, who do you think um, is the lesbian that Portia has beef with? <laughs> Pepsi reading out those like those horoscopy esque notes, like you choose a number and this is what it means. And then he's like interpreting it for them. I think something got lost in translation, <laughs> but it was just so perfect that Giselle and Portia got read. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Giselle, your your husband. I don't have a husband. Just <laughs> Portia, you're going to have trouble with a lesbian. It was like, it was so brilliant. <laughs> Again, this is the stupid shit we need to say. <laughs> that, but that was giving. That's what I'm saying. That's what I was saying to you that I was like, yes, okay, perhaps like, you know, it's giving flop. Like you're you're not feeling as invigorated. But I really think that this episode of Ultimate Girls Trip was like, almost the perfect housewives episode. Like even going back just to the cockies, did I just realized, but even Heather was able to actually give some critique and have her say to Giselle finally. Do you know what I mean? Like it gave what I love. Um, And it ended with a tantric dinner where Pepsi got even hornier with Giselle. And (laughs) um, described, was like asking like, her what it means by a tantric dinner and then like simulated like eating a hot dog without hands and <laughs> I'm here for Pepsi being horny loved it I would like to do a tantric dinner because the concept is very interesting to me yes when when they were eating that food and they were like there's like a different flavor to uncover in every bite were you just like I want to eat that. Okay, I need to know more. Like, so I am 100% with you. I think it, that's, like, very Taurus aligning. <laughs> <laughs> it's like sex and food together. Hello? <laughs> Look, sex and food together, but not always. Like Always, Patricia. <laughs> Sounds messy. <laughs> It is. Have you met a Torian mess? Um, but yeah, I I am with you. I was like, okay, from a flavor perspective, I'm intrigued. Um, but I I thought there was some interesting conversations that came out of this as well. I thought Portia just talking, like when they were talking about sizes, and Portia just sort of saying that she thinks Heather would break a big D and then, like, just being incredibly animated about it. Dead. Dead. <laughs> but Heather doesn't want a big D. No, she doesn't. But but then Portia was like, she's lying. 
<laughs> Are you afraid of big penises? I think there is a limit. I I see what Heather was saying. Like, I think there is, yes. Like, perhaps that point where you're like, that is a monster. Get it away from me. Get it away from her. Exactly. Nobody wants to feel attacked. But I think Heather's like one of those girls that's like, no, no, it's too big. Put it in my ass. And suddenly this is a whole different podcast. (laughs) I mean, welcome to Patty After Dark. <laughs> like, it's back. Surprise. Patty After Dark is back. Um, but I liked the, 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 the com- again, I love the conversation that came at this dinner when they started talking about, like, the cringe moments, which was obviously spurred on by Whitney, us having to relive that horrific sex painting that Whitney and Justin did. But then the conversation that spurred from that, which, again, housewives master class talking about like those cringe moments I was just disappointed they didn't show La Dame and Ray in the bathtub oh <laughs> I'd forgotten about Adriana's lap dance from Frederick there's just there are so many of those scenes like the having said that though I have because um as we've discussed like in the, over the last couple of weeks, I'm doing the OC rewatch. Yeah. The Eddie Tamara bath scene, like I don't think that one was too cringy. I hated it. I hated it. Really? Actually, having sex in the bathtub. But like, I'm okay with it. Like yeah, Teresa yeah. and Joe Judice. <laughs> no, grazie. <laughs> But you know how we just talk about off the cuff comments. I like rewatching that again when I watched it back the second time. I didn't realize that Joe said when Teresa licked his chest, Joe says to Teresa, "Stop! That's how you get pneumonia." I don't know why, but that was like so brilliant. And I was like, "Joe Judice, comedic genius, like." <laughs> Comedic genius or just absolute flog, like dimwit, like. Those two things can be the same, you know what I mean? But I was like, just because he was obviously uncomfortable and he knew it was cringe, so he was making a joke out of it, but I was just like, that is just the best line um, to throw out of there. But, gosh, it's like that was a literal, like, what not to do as a housewife. Again, master class. That's all I'm going to say. I'm done with those scenes. I don't, I don't know, like, who, who, like, who lets them do it? That's my question. The producers, they love it. The, the best thing for them is a housewife doing something cringe. The, the, like, if a housewife comes with a cringe idea, they're never going to say no. Because it's funny. She put Sonia on that list doing her cabralesque. Nothing cringe about the cabralesque. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm joking. So one standard for once and another <laughs> for another. And you can do whatever she wants. Um, do you think we will ever get a Kyle Mauricio bathtub? I feel like they're more shower people. <laughs> <laughs> can I uh, I just want to say something? I think we're we've truly like derailed this whole conversation. To the other side. Mauricio at this point to me is no longer the hottest house husband. And in fact, I don't think he ever has been. Oh, controversial. 
And I think he's a real asshole, actually. What has he done to you? <laughs> well, I just I feel like we found out a lot about him. Um, You're just not happy because that he because he's mean to Kathy Hilton. I mean, I do love to watch the Republicans eat each other up. <laughs> but I uh, know. Anyway, I just feel like going back to Tamara and Eddie, I think Eddie is hottest house husband if, sure. of yeah. that era. Of it. I mean, he's a good looking man. Sure. Why not? I don't, what, what is hot about Mauricio though? He, he does, it just sort of oozes this like, lazy sexiness like he doesn't take himself too seriously I can't describe it Patty. I think he's very like het hot you know what I mean anyway that's okay you can have more than one hot husband no we can't but there's only one it's got to be just one because Mauricio consistently gets like the hottest house husband type then it's big frank is he a house husband? Well, he is to me. So he's not. <laughs> semantics. You're playing semantics at this point. Um, all right, let's wrap up this ultimate this episode of Ultimate Girls Trip. But this time it ended with the new frickin' frack, uh, Heather and Candace getting high. In the Whitney, Whitney and oh Whitney, sorry Whitney. I'm always getting them. They all look the same to me. I'm joking. Uh, Whitney and Candace getting high, but then Whitney having the munchies, finding the KFC that Portia seems to eat every night. The way that Portia eats KFC <laughs> for like every meal, it's concerning. no, it's not even every meal. She eats it as like a dessert. no like she's eating it like she was having it for dinner but then like i think it was this episode it came out at lunch like oh it was even like before lunch it was like an 11 a.m kfc run like it's just it's (laughs) what it's doesn't matter what time of day it is she's out getting the kfc well somebody's bringing her the kfc but then to have it end with whitney like being so drunk and so high on the floaty like things are going well for her and then the phone, the mashed potato, the gravy, everything just ends up in the pool. That was just chef's kiss way to end the show. I loved it. It was a great episode from start to finish. I think it was an average episode, but it's probably one of the better of the season. So I've got a question for you then, because it seems to me like every Housewives franchise, except maybe for Miami or something, is really going through a flop with you. And so my question that I have for you, and you have to answer it now, maybe you can answer it next week. What is it that you want that you're not getting? I think every franchise is different, Moshi. And, but what is it, what is it that you're not getting from Girls Trip that is missing that? Like what made this average and not good for you? Like not great for you? I think when we look at Ultimate Girls Trip, specifically this trip it has been the fact that like we're way too much in the weeds of like these like individual franchise feuds like the whole like Candace and Giselle like you know wanting to search the rooms and all the rest of it like there's no fun I think that's the thing like and this is yeah 
And that's why this was like an average because like Moshi, like if it's out of five, we've gone from like one and a half, two stars to like a three, three and a half star episode this week. Like it's still not great. We're still like kind of just average. So I'm not talking about the whole season. I want to know specifically this episode, like what about this episode could have like made it chef's kiss for you? It's just, it's too late to be having this fun now. Like, Interesting. The way your brain works. I think you're going to have to start lowering your expectations and just going on an episode by episode basis. Otherwise, you're going to be down with housewives. But like, I don't know. It's just like, it's episode what, six? Like, it's a seven episode show. It's okay. We need them to end the season on a good note. And I feel like we were we were um, we were tricked into thinking there was an Alexia Marisol feud, and that hasn't come out. Hasn't come up. We're, uh, where, when is Leah being deported? Like that hasn't happened yet either. Well, I don't think she's being deported. I think they're going to say to her pretty much like, "You were severely unwell. Like you need to go home." Yeah, a hundred percent. Because we by this the end of this episode, Leah is in the ER. So <laughs> there's that. And Leah does not want to be in a tie ER. Like, I'll put money on it. Yeah, 100%. Okay. Although she looks like she's getting, like, everything looks brand new where she is. Like, she looks fine. It'll be an American hospital or something. No, no, I'm pretty sure she's a tie. There, there are, like, it's not a completely, uh, it's, it's a, like, what's the right word to say? I'm like, it is not third world, Patrizio. Like, I know, but, like, even then, she'll be in the American hospital. Mm, all right. On that note, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we can talk about your favorite franchise, The Real Housewives of New Jersey, my cousins. Your cousins. Okay, perfect. We're back from the break, Moshi. It's The Real Housewives of New Jersey. In Ireland. 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 Sound like pirates. Um, <laughs> pirates of the Irish Caribbean. Um, <laughs> it's uh, episode 11 of season 13. We are like fast approaching the end. <laughs> Very fast. Um, well, there's wedding. No, but there's, the wedding gets a spin-off, so it won't be on exactly. this season. No, I don't think the wedding is getting a spin-off in the same way that Candy's wedding get a spin-off. Don't you think we're just probably going to get, like, two episodes at the end of the the season and then we get the reunion after they've aired Teresa's wedding, I reckon? Oh. I know. I thought it would be its standalone thing, like like Karen's family reunion. I think it is, but I think, like, it's, it's not going to be, like, six episodes. I think it's going to be, like, two or three. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be two or three. But I think we'll get it. I think we will get the reunion either at the same time or after it. I think we'll get the reunion and then the wedding. Interesting. Can't wait to see who's right. Because, like, that would be weird to me that they would, like, because, like, then why is it not just a part of the usual show? I think it is, but, like, as an addendum. (sighs) As an appendix, if you will. Okay. Well... It's always good to be proven wrong, Moshi. <laughs> okay. 
Um, the girls' trip continues. I think this was a really fun episode. Okay, talk to me about life. <laughs> I think for once, like, there was some drama, but I think overall, like, the girls were just, like, happy to be out of the country and, like, drinking beer with the locals yeah. and just, like, having a good time. Like, Teresa um, got beer splashed on her hair and didn't even, like, kill anyone. Oh, like. I think she really wanted to murder Jen Fessler. 100%. But then she remembered that she's all namaste and she remembered, like, what would Louis do? And then Jen Fessler apologised as well, like, got on the front foot and was like, I am so, so sorry. I did not mean to get your hair. Like, that was the first time that I was like, maybe this is a different Teresa. I mean, that was the only time I thought that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think it was just light. It was fun. It was like girls gone wild. I'm like here for it. The way you can call an episode where we we watched like the Gorga Judice situation get even darker, like a light fun episode. And I've just asked you, like, what would make Ultimate Girl Strip more fun? Like, I think I'm I'm really worried for your mental stability at this point. But it's context, right, Moshi? Because New Jersey has, like, we're watching it to watch the unraveling of this relationship. Like, I'm not watching Ultimate Girl Strip because I want to see any kind of, like, resolution between housewives not actually as a part of like their storyline in like their mm-hmm. actual franchise like i'm just i'm there to watch them literally get put into like uncomfortable situations and by uncomfortable situations i mean like being forced to eat food that like that they don't want to eat and like to put them into like extreme sports and stuff like <laughs> one of the best things i think they did on orange county just to go back is when they put Vicky in these situations that she, like, does not want to be in, right? And it makes for great TV, right? Because Vicky, not only does she not want to be there, but then she has these, like, crazy reactions to things as well. Like, I think it was, like, season four or something. They literally start the season, like, throwing Vicky out of a plane to do skydiving. Like, like that is good TV. Like, that's the thing. Thailand, they should have, like, made them all, like, parachute into Phuket. Like, that's how you start the show. Okay. Um, I, I, you know what? Touche. I'll give you that one. And so, okay. And then on New Jersey, so just to go back to the, the show at hand. So, I think, like, although, yes, it was, like, fun and light and, like, you know, I think everyone was having a general good time, there's still the development of these, like, feuding relationships, which are... Danielle and Rachel Fuda. Love it. Fuda. We'll call it Fuda now. The the Fuda, right? Um, the rats. Because when being called said, a- when she said it's rat sausage, I was like, oh, I didn't think the Fuda had it in her. I was like, yes, bitch, yes. But this is the thing about Jersey girls, right? Because In a normal New Jersey reality TV show, she would have been like the rat sausage. And then Danielle's response should have been, 
Oh, the rat sausage and like launched at her across the table <laughs> and then they pull each other's hair and smack the shit out of each other, right? Pure violence. But you can't do that on Bravo these days anymore, right? <laughs> that is like an MTV. <laughs> that is a VH1 like show, right? Where oh, no. You know, because it's giving like mob wives, right? Like that's the yeah. kind of like rat. Could you imagine if Drita had said, to um, Renee, uh, it's rat sausage. It would have been on. But that's the Staten Island girls. Well, is it? Danielle is a Staten Island. No, Danielle from- is a Staten Island girl. And she has the accent to go with it. And Margaret let her have it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So because you've brought up Margaret, I'm triggered. Yeah, I know. I want you to offload. This is this is your week every week. I'm just going to allow you to offload on Margaret. I don't agree with any of it, but <laughs> you don't even know what I'm about to say. I just already know I'm not going to agree with any of it. I thought it was interesting that we got this piece of information that Margaret had helped Danielle with this like logo refresh. Honestly. But then I'm like, okay, why is this not, like, being told, right? Because, like, clearly, like, you know, they had filmed a whole, like, thing together and it just, like, didn't make it into the main show and they've had to use the flashback to inform, like, the current situation or the rest of it. But it's sort of like, so so to me it was two things. One, I'm, like, sitting there and I'm thinking, what else of Margaret's, like, quote-unquote storyline are they not showing us this season like is margaret doing like a hell of a lot more and we're just not getting any of it because there's other more interesting things at play here like the whole like obviously the gorga judice you know feud obviously huge um and now also this whole daniel danielle and feuda feuda I mean, it's like no, but I think it's I think it's like house. I think in the priority of what of what gets a storyline, I think the feuds always come first, right? But I just I truly just like I hate that Margaret is sitting there, sort of being like, "How dare you accuse me of having an arsenal? Like I'm not the bad guy here. You know, you guys are the issue." I'm just sort of like. I would just love for Margaret to just sort of be like, you know what? I do have an arsenal against you. Like, why are we not admitting? Because the thing is, they're all as bad as each other. Thank you. So here's my thing. I think you you mentioned context before, and I think this is the thing that Mar- I think Margaret just expects that everybody is smart enough to sort of go, okay, everybody tells everybody things like at every franchise, they're always saying, you know, somebody told me this about you. Like everybody always gets, and we know this because there's always people who are jealous and haters and they're always going to come. But I think what, I think what Teresa and Jennifer are trying to say is that when people slide into their DMS, they ignore it. But Margaret doesn't. Margaret always takes the hook. Right. And that's what they're implying is the arsenal. And maybe it is an arsenal, but the, uh, I guess the thing the arsenal implies that Margaret is going, it has it to use against you. And I don't believe that that's the case because I think, like, if it was, I think she would have owned up to knowing about the Jackie. Like, we all know that she knew about the Jackie and Evan rumor first. 
she would have owned up to using, she would have said it. You know what I mean? I, I, I think if she wanted to, I, I don't think she had any specific loyalty to Jackie at that stage. It just so happened that the person who did let it out was her enemy at that time in Jennifer. And so she made it her thing now to defend Jackie. Um, yeah, I don't know. Is that an arsenal, do you think? Here's my thing about the arsenal. And I'm going to use another well-known arsenal in the Bravo Housewives universe. Adam, yeah. Larsa. Yep. So you know how Larsa was like, this is my real ass. Right? I know. I feel like you're just saying this because you just wanted to talk about Larsa's butt. Like, Let's it. talk about Larsa's butt. <laughs> so she's like, it's the real, this is my real ass. And we had this whole conversation where we were like, okay, perhaps she's saying it's her real ass in the sense of like, it's just her own fat deposits that have been redistributed, but have obviously had some intervention to be like that, right? <laughs> Loved all the terminology you used just then. I feel like Margaret is similar in the sense where she's like, oh, no, like, I, I'm i not, I don't go out asking for, like, gossip on everyone. I don't have an arsenal, but it's sort of like, but people call me and tell me things all the time. Like, you know, like, it's just that thing of, like, it's kind of like this reframing of, like, the gossip that she has. It's not 100%. like it's. So does she have an arsenal? Like, no, she just has a repository of like things that people have like flashed in front of her eyes kind of thing. But I think the difference is the way that Teresa and Jennifer have gone about it. They're like, okay, we've got access to Margaret's ex-best friend and everything that she tells us is gospel. And it's like the thing about Margaret is I think Margaret is so is smart in the sense that, and this is the same as Larsa, to pinpoint to Larsa, Larsa only speaks it into existence if she knows it's true, like to a certain degree, right? And I think that's the same as Margaret. Like if she doesn't believe it, she's not going to say it. She was happy to say the Bill and Jennifer thing because she was trying to prove a point and she knew it to be a fact. But the things that she, the things like this thing about Melissa making out with somebody in the back of a car, I don't think she believes it. So even if she knows it, she's not going to say it. But I think she had a chat with her ex-friend and was like, oh, you know, these people, they come to me, they say things like Melissa was in the back of the car kissing this guy, Nick, you know, whatever. But I think also that Margaret is not going to like, I think Margaret's not going to use that either because she's team Melissa. And so here, herein lies the 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 point. Even I think she has things on. She must know more stuff about Teresa, more stuff about Jennifer, and she doesn't say it. You know what I mean? Like I just think if she doesn't think it's real, she's not going to say it. I think if she was, I think if she was really good friends with Melissa. I think she already would have had a conversation with Melissa and letting Melissa just know so-and-so has said this about you. You know what I mean? She, I think, though, having said that, I think she enjoys having a list, a little black book of all the dirt on everyone. And if, and, and I think it's two things. It's like, firstly 
it's mutually assured destruction, right? It's sort of like, you come for me, just so you know, I'm going to know all this shit about you and I will air your laundry as quickly as you air mine, right? And that's how I would be if I was a housewife, if I'm honest. That's how you are, full stop. Like, you don't have to be a housewife to do that. Okay. Wow. The way you <laughs> just, I mean, you would know because it takes one to know one, but wow. Correct. <laughs> Just like fully. the things that we know about each other, Moshi, like the way that we have to continue doing this podcast, because if not, <laughs> the feudah, the feudah, the mutual destruction, <laughs> we both grow up in flames. <laughs> um, but I think as well, like, I think Margaret also enjoys having it as like an intimidation tactic. Like, I think even intimidation tactic, leverage perhaps. Moshi, this is New Jersey. This is a mafia shit. Like the way you perpetuate stereotypes, like truly. Oh, and I'm perpetuating the stereotype when bloody Margaret said was mocking the Staten Island accent, okay? That that was funny though. (laughs) I'm glad that the I'm glad that the race the racism the Italian American community is funny to you, Moshi. I've already been racist once in this episode. I can be racist again. We should all try to be anti-racist, Moshi. Thank you. See, you're learning. Um, but I just, the thing is that, like, unfortunately, Margaret's going to have to start, like, pulling out some tea because, like, I, I just don't understand what her purpose is for most of this episode. She is trying to take the higher road. So every she's on a mission to clean up her image and restore herself as to being like somebody that everyone can trust, being a truth teller. And so she's not going to go low with them anymore. Um, and I think like we see it like just as well when they're at the dinner and she apologizes to Jennifer. She says, you know, what I and then her whole thing is, you know, she apologizes to Jennifer saying, you know, what I said was I did it, I said it because I was angry. It was a mean thing to say. And then Jennifer has to come back to her with a prepared read, you booger wolf. (laughs) The way Jennifer has prepped the coffee reading psychic is now coming with the pre-prepared reads. Like Jennifer has done way too much homework over the break, Patrizia. She's thirsty AF. I loved how um, Jen Fessler, though, was like, um, she was like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to look through the dictionary. <laughs> There's the word. I'm going to find Ooh. a thesaurus. She looked through a thesaurus, not even a dictionary, because she was like, what's another word to describe someone who is nasty? <laughs> but, like, Jen has had been waiting to use that, you know, for, like, months. Oh, Jen. <laughs> the, the thing is though that like I also love that like Jackie was like even I don't know the word Merriam-Webster yes. herself that was no but that was like I was like watching it I watched the episode again with my sister and I was just like just Jackie being like even I don't know what like I was like pretentious Jackie is back I love pretentious Jackie like she's the best I really like thought it was funny in this episode because like they were all like having a good time and then I saw Jackie and I'm like oh you're still there you know what though but Jackie is having a good time she's doing she is 
back to being that pretentious snobby person like you know tag teaming with Margaret on like getting back at Danielle like I love her when she's in that element and watching her chug the Guinness made me so happy like it's good to see her looking like she's put on a bit of weight like she looks really healthy um but I was you know I was having this chat because I don't know if you've seen this in the blogs, the press, the Instagrams, but there's been this discussion around quiet luxury. Are you familiar with this phrase? No. So like the best way to describe it is that, you know, like, um, oh, hang on, what is it? Like when you watch Beverly Hills and they're all like logomania and it's like nouveau riche, like, you know, new money screams labels, whereas with with this like old money is always whispers, wealth whispers. So that's what they mean, like quiet luxury and with the clothes. And, you know, one of our favourite Instagrams is the real bad fashions, who's been quiet of late. But watching the girls and what they're wearing on this island trip and trying to pick out what's fake and what's real. So, like, Teresa's wearing this, like, fisherman, Chanel fisherman's hat. Don't think Chanel ever made that hat. Like, you know. Like, it shouldn't be, like, trying to pick out what's fake. It's just, like, trying to pick out what's real. Real. So on that note, this is the thing of, this is where I was, like, trying to pick. I was, like, Jackie would never wear something fake. So I'm, like, you know, her look is much more understated. Like, everything she's wearing I think is very, um, is, like, a label of some sort and then just very quietly sophisticated YSL bag, whereas the rest of them are screaming logos from left to right. But for me, that that side of Jackie, like the pretentious girl, I like that. I'm glad she's back. And I think putting her, because, you know, I initially I was just like have her off because she's unwell, but I think the pressure off being a housewife is exactly what she needed. She should remain a friend of. My only my only thought to all of that though, Moshi, is that unfortunately this, <laughs> no, this season we've got Jen Fessler who is continuing to deliver. And that's and okay. I know, but it's just sort of like when like I think it would have been fine if she was the only friend, but because we have Jen Fessler, who is like just like even she, like, the way she chugged the... So, I'm sorry. Like, Jackie chugs the beer and she does it fast and all the rest of it. Jen Fessler does it. She gets it, like, all over herself. <laughs> she's, like... Like, she's just another level. The boobs out, everything. It was brilliant. But you kind of need Jackie and Jen Fessler together. And if you haven't seen, like, this snippet, but, like, when they're in the jewellery store, when the girls all split up and Teresa asks what is what is it 80 euros in she, she was like what's the cost of this and then she was like it's 80 euros and Teresa replies but what's that in English and it's the Jen Fessler and Jackie looking at each other like and that's why you need to have both of them because they are two sides of the same coin okay these Jersey Jewish girls who you know have had these bright careers and not dim, they can read the room, um, and they are good friends as well. And just having the two of them, like, really sort of respond, having Margaret, like, that scene, though, 
is iconic. Like I love Teresa when she's like that, just in her own world, like truly in her own world, just doesn't understand currency, doesn't understand the difference between language and currency. Like we all know what she meant. (laughs) You know, do you know what I mean? Like that's the best bit is that we all actually, she might not have said it right, but every single one of us knows exactly what she meant. And she's kind of not wrong. (laughs) We were like at that time, 80 US dollars. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like we totally get it. But um. Yeah, that was, that was, no, no, she wanted the full currency conversion, Patrizio. Um, and I think. Well, and that's what I mean. At that time, it was probably a one-to-one parody, more or less. Yeah, probably, actually. But, like, we all knew. Like, everything she said, you know what it is? She says out loud what we all think, but give ourselves enough time to think to be like, that's not the way to say it. Teresa, just in the head, straight out the mouth. She's brilliant. So, in ter- so I just want to ask you in terms of interpreting Teresa Judice, mm. how do you how do you feel about the whole like Antonia Melania like feud of it all in the in the bus? So for me, the theme of this episode was hypocrisy, yeah. and the problem is much like analogies, hypocrisy also goes over Teresa's head. So there's there's no point. I do think that Teresa should not have answered in the way that she was going to answer. And it wouldn't have mattered what came after Antonia. She said the child's name. Like, she blamed the child. Like, the children have nothing to do with this. It's between the parents. So I also think that Rachel uh, Fuda is, like, I (laughs) I think she asked a question that shouldn't have been asked on the bus. Like, I also just think she hadn't, I don't know whether or not she knew what she was doing or not. I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, but like, you just can't ask those questions. She was, it was, Teresa just does not have the intellect, dare I say, to be able to articulate a response that is not going to be offensive. I... I understood Teresa. <laughs> I think it's this thing of like the girls are 16 so you can. But I don't know if you've noticed this. Antonia does not want to be on the show. And that's the difference. Teresa's girls are actively on the show. Yeah, but like I think Melissa, I think that I think the argument that Teresa was trying to make was that Melissa could have made more of an effort to get Antonia to Melania's birthday. And that's what she should have said. Instead, she went about it the wrong way. But either way, that was going to happen. Because she doesn't know how to talk good. And and that's what I'm saying, Patrizio. Like, because all of this is because she doesn't know how to talk good. But it was like I knew, like, it was got, it was about to sound like she was about to throw Antonia under the bus. And she's a 16-year-old girl. Like, you can't you can't blame a kid. But I also do think that a lot of it just has to do with, like, Antonia just wants nothing to do with whatever. Um, look, I think it sucks, but I said this to you a couple of weeks, you know. I have been in that situation in my own family where the uncles and aunts and my parents, like, are not getting along, but the cousins, we get along. We hang out. And it usually happens when you're older. But 
I just feel like in this instance, because everything is like on film, I just feel like the culture um, is probably not going to allow for it. But it's a shame. Um, And Melissa's dropping hints that she's not going to go to the wedding. Well, that's where I was like, you're starting drama. She's putting the she's putting the seed in Joey's ear. And that that conversation, that coffee talk over the phone, I was not here for it. They were conversating. They were conversating and I didn't like it. I love coffee talk as a concept. I'm actually thinking of changing word on the street to coffee. Coffee talk. talk. This week's coffee talk. Honestly, I'm like, I don't we don't say coffee talk enough. I love it. But you know one thing that I also love about Danielle? She also calls women broads. And like <laughs> like she says these things and I'm almost like you know what she's living in the 60s and the 70s or like the 1920s to be honest and I kind of want to be there with her and the bougie kid (laughs) but that's that's the Staten Island jumping out like I want Bugsy Balloon like I am here for it (laughs) the real broads of New Jersey like truly the new the real broads of staten island that was the working title before they came you know how like it was like manhattan moms it was like real broads of staten island (laughs) yeah but look it was a great episode and the thing that i do love about like real housewives is that they never let the bullshit get in the way of a good time. Like they let themselves like feud and then everybody like gets drunk and has fun together. Then they have a little fight. Then they have their little fun again. And I do think that Island is bringing the fun out of it for all of them. Um, I thought it was nice as well that Delore got her little moment and, you know, we learned more about her and Paulie and their life together do we think next year storyline Dolores's wedding? I don't know. I I don't know whether Dolores wants to get married. Like, why get married when it like it all works so well? Like, I don't know. I think I need to know more about Paulie. Like, has Paulie been married before? Like, is this going to be his first? Have you not been paying attention? No. Clearly. Um, but has well, so he was married before. Yes, and he has children as well. Interesting. <laughs> it's so funny watching like you just learn something new and having to like file that. Like I can see in your mind. I'm, I'm so Processing. sorry. You can't hear this, but like I can literally see the little people that live in your head, like moving files across to make room for like the Polly has children file. <laughs> I interesting. I uh, look. I don't know if I see a wedding next season. I uh, maybe an engagement next season. I'm thinking Vegas. They're gonna. No, Italy. I want the full blown like I- Italy castle wedding. Like I think we, I'm feeling the well, castles. I think we got cast trip to Turkey. Is what Jen said. I love that, like, she was throwing out suggestions for next season. She knows uh, what she's doing. Like, this, like, she has spent the whole time studying housewives. She's not subtle anymore, which is the thing that's annoying. 
I would be here for it. Like, I don't know, but at the same time, I'm sort of like, I feel like they go to certain locations because of like budget allowances. And because I feel like the, the Irish trip's been done a few times, Mexico constantly done, like it's done for like reasons. Yeah. I mean, if they just needed a house, they needed a housewife who was really rich, then they could all go to Turkey. Like how how many like car trips have they done to like Italy or France? Like not many. No, but when they did go to Italy, it was good. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was going to say something, but I've like forgotten now. It was about something that you had said. Oh, as an aside. Oh. The, I don't know if you've seen any of the social media content that's coming out of the Housewives of Dubai at the moment with their cast trip to Bali. Mm. But I feel like it's giving similar vibes. If the girlies are fighting right now, you wouldn't know because they just look like they're getting drunk and having the best time in Bali together. That's what they need. They need to get out of Dubai. Yeah. I, 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 I feel it for them. I'd love to see Teresa do a trip to Bali or to India to an ashram. I don't think Teresa would cope in India. Namaste. It's the home of Namaste. I think it would be good TV, though. (laughs) She'd definitely get diarrhea. (laughs) They all would. Like, except that would be the entire cast trip. It would just be people pooping on the floor. Which we've seen, which we miss. That's what we really miss. That's that's what you would when I was asking you, like, what is it that would make would have made the episode top tier? And I think the answer is nobody pooped on the floor. Now, okay, so now we now we have to say it. So I think that like, especially given Ultimate Girls Trip, like it is just eight days of like pure holiday. It needs to be like shitting on the floor. It needs to be like like promiscuous sex it needs to be like Luan Ramona is what I'm hearing someone needs to be arrested like things need to happen and they need to be extreme when they happen too like so I think like what I'm hearing is like okay Leah I hear you telling me you have diarrhea but I need to see you having diarrhea I need like Marisol to walk in and she finds like like Leah's like on the floor and there's like poop flying out of her as well like it's just it's a whole thing it's a whole thing um on that note you should really watch the movie triangle of sadness (laughs) thank you okay um look was there anything else that you want to say about your girls from new Jersey? um no all right well let's wrap it up another episode done thank you patrizio Thank you, Moshi. Um, please go over, send us, slide into our DMs over on Instagram at from the lower level pod. Tell us what you're loving, what you're not loving. And remember to rate, review, subscribe, follow, share, all of those jazz. Um, the rating is so important, preferably five stars. It really helps to spread the word about our humble little podcast that we do purely from the goodness of our hearts. You know what I saw, or actually I heard, I should say the other day, Moshi, you, you ring the bell. What does that mean? So you get the notifications, you ring the bell. Oh, okay, yes. Ring the bell. Oh, my God, you listen to another podcast, I'm sure. 
Uh, ring the bell so that you get notified when there's a new episode. But um, otherwise, we will be back next week. A little bit later than normal, but back next week. Bye, baby gorgeous. Bye.